Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. There's a lot more punks than there was four years earlier, but there was also as many posers. Posers were people that look like punks, but they did it for fashion. Welcome to SLC Punks, a Utah jazz podcast brought to you by the staff of SLC Dunk. Now here's your hosts, Michael Lohman and James Hansen. All right, welcome back to the SLC Punks podcast. This is Hansen James. And this is Milo. And news just broke today, I think, that uh, Rudy Gobert is going to be out from, for four to six weeks. It comes from Woj. It's, it's a finality thing. I am, uh, I'm pretty sure this is going to have a huge effect on the Jazz. The Jazz were able to beat the Brooklyn Nets last night without Rudy Gobert. But for the next four to six weeks, Michael, the, the Jazz are going to struggle without our best player. It's going to get a little rough because teams are going to now start being able to to scout the Jazz without Gobert and and they'll scout Derek Favors and things will get interesting. It's it's a little depressing, but it's also a little interesting at the same time. The Jazz are at a serious fork in the road right now, and I am honestly not quite sure what they're going to do. This is if if you were to if you were to go back to you know the 2016-2017 season. And if you were going to create like the worst case scenario of what happens for the following season, like we're 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 basically living it. We have George Hill not signing an extension, then you have Gordon Hayward leaving and then making it really hard to go after any additional free agents. And now we and and now we lose Dante Exum in preseason again to a, a an injury. And now we have uh, Rudy Gobert, who's um, who's battling injuries, so, uh, battling um, this injury that's with uh, caused by the Dion Waiters uh, tackle, basically. Yeah, like what the heck, Adam yeah. Silver? By the way, yeah. no suspension for Dion Waiters. I'm I'm hot. By the yeah. way, we've had two players are injured by ridiculous plays by. A- like right, TJ and nothing Warren, happens. T- yeah, TJ Warren, and then you have Dion Waiters, and then Dion Waiters did did something to Andre Drummond today, where it looked like he was pulling him down. So don't give me this whole like he's not a dirty player or whatnot. Like he's like he's 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 playing emotionally, he's playing out of control, and you got to do something about that. Yeah. Um, so well, he's out. I honestly think he he legit was trying to undercut Rudy, and I don't know if he was trying to tear his ACL, but he was. He was out there trying to knock Rudy's legs out. It was a dirty play. Yeah, and it, I don't care what you Miami Heat fans say, that was trash. And him doing that tonight with Andre Drummond is just proof of it. Yeah, it's, it's frustrating. It, it, yeah, it, like Waiters Island is definitely got is got some problems right now. And so you look at you look at the Jazz. This is going to be hard. Um, we we went through a, covered a couple pieces today of how the Utah Jazz um, schematically 
can uh, attempt to overcome the loss of Rudy Gobert. Uh, we, mm-hmm. we, we saw some of the, there are some positives. There's are some silver linings to being without Rudy Gobert and having Derek Favors being the only big on the court. We saw that against Brooklyn. We saw better spacing. We saw that the offense was able to breathe. We saw in mm-hmm. pick and rolls that um, with Rodney Hood and both, uh, both Rodney Hood and Donovan Mitchell that they couldn't pack the paint on, on the pick and roll because they had to worry about Cephalosha on the wing and Joe Ingles. Mm-hmm. Um, along with with either Rodney Hood or um, um, you know Donovan Mitchell, so ha- it wasn't just two shooters with that terrible offensive three of Rubio, Gobert, and Favors. Because we talked, we we had an article last week where it's those three, those three when they're on the court, and you might just say, well, it's just Ricky and. The common denominator is Ricky, or the common denominator is Derek Favors, or or maybe the common denominator in the offense is Gobert. Whatever it is, those three have played a significant amount of minutes together. Not enough minutes to have any, not enough minutes apart to know if anything statistically uh, significant. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just know that those three really kill that offense. And what we saw against Brooklyn was that offense actually was able to breathe. Now we're not talking like an elite lineup, but when you, the last two weeks, the Utah Jazz's offense has been it, p- probably the worst offense in the league by a wide margin, where they only scored twenty five points in the second half to um who who, who were the to uh oh well God. we played Philadelphia and then we played Brooklyn, Bro- uh, Brooklyn uh, Miami Miami yeah they only scored twenty five points against Miami in the second half and they had a stretch where they went. 11 minutes and only th- scored three points and only had four field goals. If four field goals in an entire second half, that's just incre- incredibly, te- that's, that's, that's historically bad offense. And so now with, with that spacing, now we have something where, you know, they're able to, you know, they're able to have that. So with the offense, the offense now it has a chance to breathe. Now that's going to help the Utah Jazz here in the next coming weeks because what's been going on with Utah Jazz is that teams have just been packing the paint, making Rubio shoot it. They've been giving him as much room as possible, covering Utah shooters, making sure Rudy Gobert and Derek Favors don't do anything, and then just limiting that. And then, and then it just and with uh, Quinn Snyder playing the offense, that offensive that that playing that lineup of Joe Ingles, um, Rodney Hood, Ricky Rubio. Even if you 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 move in Donovan Mitchell for for Rodney Hood, it still struggles. And then then with Favors and Gobert, it's just been and he's been playing them so many minutes. Those lineups are have negative net ratings of negative ten, negative eleven. So it, yeah, it losses have been are easy to pile up when you have that. Well, and it's the thing with the Rudy Gobert. And Derek Favors lineup, and if you, I mean, we all watch the games and we all see it happening. But I think what we're that Brooklyn game was a huge just tell that this is a lot of redundancy in this offense. We have two centers trying to play, uh, one trying to play power forward and the other being a center. And we saw that in that game against Brooklyn because when you have Tabo Cephalosha starting at the four, it's not just someone that can shoot threes because Derek Favors has been shooting threes. But it's got to be a perimeter player playing the four position, and that's not what Derek Favors is. Derek Favors is a is a 
you know, a player that can get offensive rebounds, put back dunks, roll to the rim and things like that. Very similar to Rudy Gobert, but he doesn't play from the perimeter in. He plays from inside out. And so even if Derek Favors is shooting more threes, it's not going to fix the problem. It's still going to be trouble for both bigs trying to roll to the hoop because that's Rudy Gobert and and Derek Favors' biggest strength is their ability to roll to the hoop. But when you have those two centers playing you know, on both sides of the block and they're both trying to roll to the hoop, there's just not room. And the defenses have just figured it out. They just they don't really have to guard Ricky. They just kind of sit back and make sure that the pass doesn't get to Gobert. And Gobert doesn't have room to catch a lob and neither does Favors. And so that's why it's just... It doesn't work. There's just redundancy. and It, it, it doesn't. Like, you can even look at... It, even if you have two big men who can space the floor and uh, can, you know, shoot the outside shot, like the Pelicans, the Pelicans have the 18th, uh, 18th ranked offense in the league. And you, what is really missing is that four position. It, it's, it's been oversimplified when you're like, you need a four that can shoot the three. And that's not really it. You need a four who is a playmaker who can put, exactly. put the ball on the floor and, 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 and get, get to the rim. And that's different. That's different. It's our, like, you don't see Anthony Davis, like putting the ball on the floor and, and, and diving to the hoop. That's the difference right there. You don't see Anthony Davis, like, Taking some guy off the dribble, off a pick and roll with you know Demarcus Cousins running the screen. That's that's really that's that's what's missing at that four position. And the Pelicans are going through it right now with two two. I would dare say, like I would say, Rudy Gobert is in the class of 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 Cousins and and Davis, but combined, those two are way more talented than Favors and and, and Gobert combined. Absolutely. I mean, they're both three point shooters. They're both, you know. Yeah, they're they're do everything big men. They're they're and they're struggling. They're they're struggling big. So at at this point, you know, so with the Utah Jazz, so you have the you have the silver lining that the offense is going to be better. So yeah, um, we're definitely going to see a lot more Epe Udo. Well, we're going to see, and it was exciting. And the other thing about that Brooklyn game, and I think we're not giving him enough credit. Like people want to say, oh, Derek Favors exploded for, you know what? A big reason for that was Tavo playing the four. He was not just sitting on the corner shooting three pointers. He was, he was running pick and rolls. He was doing what Draymond does, which opens up so much for that Warriors offense. And I think he's a major part of them and that he'll be a major part of why we have a better offense moving forward. Yeah, it's but, it's really frustrating that Gobert's out because you would have liked to see Tabo at the four playing with Gobert and just see what you kind of had there. Yeah, and it what would was have been interesting is, fun. is Tabo Tabo had a, a defensive rating in that game of ninety six. No, no other player um, in that entire game who either playing for the Brooklyn Nets or the Utah Jazz had a defensive rating under of a under a hundred. Rubio was the closest at one hundred one, and so you had an. A, with an offensive rating of 110 and a defensive rating oh, of man. 96. Now, Tabo's quietly become one of the best signings in the offseason. He has been really good. He was fantastic. And Derek Favors, to his credit, he had an offensive rating of 141 and a defensive rating of 106. It was a little, that was some vintage Favors right there. That looked like the Favors of 2015, 2016, of really just taking the offensive load and and what helped was you had the spacing, you had the spacing on the floor. Um, I I think Rubio 
like his style of pick and roll works works better with favors so you have pieces fitting does that mean that Derek favors is a guy that you hold on to in the future with utah jazz and say hey we need to make sure these two are together no because i i, I don't see rubio and Derek favors being long-term jazz men after this season um mm-hmm. uh, like really you're looking at a, a young core of gobert Mitchell and as and Exum just because Exum is probably going to be really cost effective for them going forward at that one position. So you you look at that and you're like, hey, this is you know we have ourselves that core. But in the meantime, in the absence of 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 Rudy Gobert, you have this pair that actually works better without him on the court. And with and and when you have Tabo at the four, what I'm scared of is if you put Epe. Udo at that at that five position if they're like we have to repeat it because last night was it was the right call and Mm -hmm. if we remember last year the Utah Jazz tried to go tried to tried to bang their heads against this wall before with with Gobert and and favors and injuries forced them to to put uh, DL and and Gobert or Johnson and Gobert in that starting lineup and that and that, mm-hmm. and by that injury, the Utah Jazz found their most effective lineups. Yeah, and I, I, you know, everyone kind of would complain a little bit here and there about Boris Dio, and rightfully so at times, because there were times where he was just, you could tell he's not quite an NBA player at times. But uh, his passing on the offensive end really helped that offense out. And and it's, you know, it's not a surprise now that, that Tabo Cephalosha can run a pick and roll is a is a good passer a good finisher at the rim he hit some threes last night it's you know there's no wonder that we did better and let's not forget too that the jazz beat a brooklyn nets team who also lost d'angelo russell at the end of the game they don't have any rim protection and we beat them by six points and that included a game where rodney hood hit like five of eight from three finally had a good game and we still struggled to beat the nets and so it's <laughs> it's going to be an interesting go from here on out with the Jazz and what they are going to do. And and some people are saying, well, let's go out and make a trade. Let's find – there's not a lot of options for the Jazz to make a trade. And if the Jazz's goal is now to just kind of allow the team to lose some games, making a trade might not be the best idea. It might be better to just let it go and allow some of these contracts that they have to just fall off and – I you know obviously if if another king team comes to the Jazz who are maybe they're really interested in Derek Favors for a playoff run or Ricky Rubio or something like let's some injury happens and they want Ricky the Jazz will listen for sure but I don't know if the Jazz really should make many moves from here on out I think they're in good shape for the next off season I, I think so unless too. we can, well, go unless ahead. we can get that Brooklyn pick unless we can get that Brooklyn pick and get Luka Doncic I don't know yeah the, the hard thing with this team is. In in the 2017 offseason, you could really tell that Dennis Lindsay had structured this roster with a lot of – basically as a punt year. Um, he was trying to get as much value as he could, but he was, um, he was landing players that um, had upside – to them and m- mm-hmm. most of the time and it was defensive upside so he's finding those 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 niche so he's still getting good players but at the same time these are players who were who had something to prove that they were still still could be in this league like Jonas Jarebko, Tabo, mm-hmm. 
and Epe, Epe Udo. And so they identified these players being like, okay, you know, the, the, they want to sign on that. Well, all of a sudden those, those salaries, like looking at these salaries right now, um, so Jones Trebko's salary of four million, it goes off the books next year. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Tabo, that goes off. The I'm I'm keeping Tabo. I, sure. I think so, and too. he's like a million dollar player, and he's I, incredible. Yeah, yeah, Tabo. Like at the same time, if if you're like looking at like, hey, this is a this is a one year rebuild. We you know kind of you know have a rough year, and then you're able to get back in. You keep Tabo. Um, yeah, Epe, that's three million. I think they keep him because it's just yeah. Such a why horrible. not? But then you look at their next contracts. You look at, um, for example, you look at Derek Favors. That's twelve million. That goes off the books next year. Mm-hmm. Look at Joe Johnson. That's ten point five. That goes off the books next year. And then all of a sudden you have expiring contracts in Ricky Rubio and Alec Burks. That teams will look at that and be like, "Man, we just had a really rough season." And next season. They're going to have these, you know, uh, expiring contracts of 14.8 and 11.5 mil in both Rubio and Burks. And there's going to be teams, be, especially with salary caps staying low and salaries increasing. Um, you're going to have, you're going to have some teams being like, eh, I don't want to do this anymore. And really mm-hmm. trying to get that, um, that cap space. And so. Uh, Utah has an additional type of currency in addition to just cap space. They have expiring contracts next season. So that's going to be really generous. And so, um, and so that, and, and that's why it, when they're negotiating Rodney Hood and Dante Exum, that's what's making those negotiations with Rodney Hood and Dante Exum so hard is they're looking at this team and they're, they're going to have to evaluate. I think they thought, Hey, you know, whatever happens this year happens. And then we, you know, we, we go aggressive in, in the off season of 2018 to try to build a team around Rudy Gobert. Um, now you found another piece in Donovan Mitchell, because thank you, Denver Nuggets for always giving oh, us was, what we need. And I, I was going to say, that's the move of the week, by, by the way, is Quinn Snyder putting Donovan Mitchell into the starting lineup. It's been, I mean, we, I didn't know if it would happen this early and it did. And it's been great. And Rodney mm-hmm. Hood's actually looked a little better off the bench. I, he looks happy to me too. Is that, is that just me? But he looks comfortable. He looks I, more, I think there's less of a pressure. Like I, I think Donovan Mitchell is able to take that pressure, um, onto him. And what's really great about playing off the bench. And we've heard this from different players, different times. You really get to get a read of the game. What the, what the opposing uh, team is doing. You get to, you, so you get to come in and, and and kind of pick your spots almost instead of being the team that that being part of the starting lineup who's uh, figuring out what the you know how the game is going. And I think Donovan Mitchell is that type who is all willing to to take take that uh, take that responsibility. And I think Rodney Hood's like gunslinging, you know, streakiness is actually built for a bench bench player where you can come come in and just be like yeah i'm just i'm just need to score points i well, don't and i i don't have he to seems defend. like he's he seems like he's at peace with it like he seems like okay i'm now playing better i'm and maybe he's at some point he's just had a talk with the jazz and said you know what i don't think i want 
to go for this type of money. I don't know if that's the role I really want to have. It almost seems to me like Rodney Hood's almost been at peace with what might happen next season. Because if if Rodney Hood's playing this bench role for the Jazz and is willing to take a reasonable contract to be kind of a sixth man that comes off the bench and and shoots eight threes and or something like that, I'm I'm down with signing Rodney Hood. But the Rodney Hood we've seen at the beginning of the year, where his streakiness can just kill an offense uh I, you know that's the player i don't know if the jazz should sign it'll be interesting to see what happens with rodney yeah. sorry i cut you off no no you're fine that i think that's an interesting thing with rodney hood is you know a, a lot of players in their contract year that's like pressure's on and they really excel and i think with rodney hood and this could be you know what we were seeing in the first you know first few games is that he was putting all the pressure of a contract year in, all the pressure of being a starter and and stepping into the limelight, and that might not be his role. And he might be he like. What's interesting is the a Rodney Hood who is a consistent bench scorer. I pay I pay seven to you know seven seven mil for that seven to, to nine mil. That's uh, yeah. that, uh, but. The inconsistent starter Rodney Hood, I don't pay seven to nine mil for, and mm-hmm. and so, so that's that's going to be an interesting one going forward. So as as the so these next four to six weeks, let's kind of look at the schedule. So um, the schedule coming up for the Utah Jazz in these next uh, so without they play the Brooklyn Nets, which I mean they they won by eight. You know, to the Brooklyn Nets um, yeah. at home. Now they play. Now they play the Minnesota Timberwolves at home without a that's Rudy That's going to be tough. Yeah, that's the thing. Is well, and the other one that's big time, and and this is James with my little you know tinfoil hat on. Is I don't know how long Joe Johnson's going to sit out because Joe Johnson even last year was a big part of this team getting wins because we had that third quarter against the Miami Heat where we shot like 5.6%. That was a third quarter where you put in Joe Johnson and he gets you four to six points and kind of stems that tie. But we don't have Joe Johnson now. We don't have any he And Joe Rudy Johnson Gobert. hasn't looked like Joe Johnson this entire season. Even before the injury, he, uh, he, just, he just has been uncharacteristically – not Joe, like he, he just, I know, and he, I it's and so even when he's healthy, it's kind of scary. It's like, well, is is this is it? He healthy? Is this is is this the end? And, you know, is this is well, this like the year? I wonder if we've seen the last game Joe Johnson's played for the Jazz. I wonder if maybe they're like the Jazz see kind of the writing on the wall and they want to do Joe Johnson a solid and allow him to go kind of finish his career with a team like the Cavaliers who might be interested in getting one more weapon, I guess, or, yeah. or someone who's looking to get a, a veteran that maybe can help them in the playoffs might be interested. In. Yeah. I think, I we'll think before, before they, before they release Joe Johnson, they'll probably look to find a team that's looking for some cap relief. Um, and, and not saying they, they, they do a deal for a long term. It depends on how long they like, if they think this is just a one year, just sit it out year. Then, then I say I think you know towards the trade deadline when when things aren't looking their way I think they they, they would buy him out. Um, if they mm-hmm. if if Quinn Snyder now here's the thing here's a wild card in all of this. Quinn Snyder is a is a damn good coach. Like he really is. He's he's just a really good coach. And any other well, the coach, fact that we have six wins is kind of miraculous. Honestly, yes, six wins, six wins, and you you have the third best defense. Still, 
and and with the with the fourth worst offense, and you have six wins. Like that is remarkable. But at the same time, you look at these last five games, and that offense is struggling. It's just it's just really it's, it's really rough. struggling. Yeah, and 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 the offense. The crazy thing is the offense might improve while Gobert's out, but that defense is definitely going to take a hit. Like Favors is a good player. But there's a reason Rudy Gobert was a defensive player of the year. He's just a special defensive player. And there's there's just no way that that defense is going to stick at number three best in the league. We're going to – we already saw it it take a hit against the Brooklyn Nets. And then so here here's – so let's go four weeks. So four weeks out from from today. So four weeks out from from, you know, when Rudy, Rudy is down is going to be what? Um – December 11th. We're looking at Dece- Ooh. December 11th. So here, here's who the Jazz are going to play and where. They play the Timberwolves. Then they go on their first big road trip, uh, East Coast swing, New York Knicks, at Brooklyn Nets, at Orlando Magic, at Philadelphia 76ers. Before the season, that looks like a cakewalk. Now it looks difficult. Then they come home. Yeah, to- go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, those are teams that – We'd kind of it'd be kind of a toss up right now anyway for us, and now we don't have Rudy. Now we don't have Joe Johnson. Now we don't have Dante X. It's it's, it's if you're looking just to make the playoffs, it's starting to look like a nightmare scenario because this is supposed to be the easy stuff. It's yeah. not it's not easy. Yeah, it's, and it's uh, not easy. And 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 people are like, well, December was going to be a rough month anyway. Yeah, but the November is still their cupcake month, and you're losing. You you have two good players, Joe Johnson. And Rudy Gobert, um, who are sitting out for these for these cupcake games, and so then they come back for their fifth game in seven nights against the Chicago Bulls right before Thanksgiving. So you have to wonder, hey, if they have a, a next another rough five games where they're trying to shake off a, a losing streak, and they're playing the Bulls at home, are they going to be able to shake it off, or are they going to be looking for turkey the next day and trying and, and, and wanting to have a break? Then yeah. you have then you have the Milwaukee Bucks on Saturday. That's not fun, especially now that they have Eric Bledsoe. Then you have the Denver Denver Nuggets. Um, eight and who, five Denver Nuggets, who are five. a better team now. Then then you go on a then you go on a, a road trip to the Clippers. Then that's a back to back where you come home and you play the New Orleans Pelicans. Not fun. Then you play the Washington Wizards a few days later. Also not fun. Go on the road against Oklahoma City Thunder. Then you come back a couple days later, play the Rockets. Then you're then here's the thing. So Rudy Gobert, four to six weeks. He comes back in the middle. Of, it, this is their their six game road trip that they they always do over the holiday season. So is he going to come back in the middle of it, or do they hold him out until the end of this road trip? And and so that's that's the dicey thing. So they. The the last game that they would play when we're at four weeks is at the Milwaukee Bucks. If we go six weeks, then we're looking at after Christmas, and that's after this this break. So we got at Bucks, at Bulls, at Celtics, at Cavs, at Rockets, at Thunder, play Spurs at home, play the Oklahoma City Thunder at home, and you get oh, and it's Christmas. That is just December is a nightmare of a month. For the Utah Jazz to play, and so you're looking at this. So maybe you pull out a win against the Wolves, like maybe you pull out a victory win. 
But then you go on this road trip, trip, and I say the best case scenario with these injuries is you're looking at one and three. So now you're two and three over the next next few games. Then the Bulls, you win. You're three and three. Then you play the Bucks. You lose to the Bucks. You lose to the Nuggets. You lose to the Clippers. Maybe you 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 win against the Pelicans. Well, now we're now we're talking four and you know four and seven. Now we're with the with the Wizards four and eight, Thunder four and nine, Rockets four and ten, Bucks four and eleven, Bulls maybe pull out a victory five and eleven, Celtics five and twelve, Cavs five and thirteen, Rockets five and fourteen, Oklahoma City Thunder five and fifteen, Spurs five and sixteen, Oklahoma City Thunder five. I- Five and seventeen, I just, and so, I just witnessed my own death actually while you said all that. <laughs> and so the Jazz have five, have six wins, so they could only have eleven wins by the time Rudy Gobert comes back. And so that's going to be yeah, it's that's well, and let's not forget Rudy's not going to be a hundred percent when he gets back either. Like we're not looking at he might you know when Rudy had his his uh, pulled ACL. I, th- I don't remember if it was last year at the in the playoffs, but it takes a good month or two to kind of get back, get your legs back from under you when you get an injury like that. Remember so last even, year when Derek Favors fought through a bone, con- uh, he had a bone contusion. Yeah, and I don't know, and I I don't know exactly uh, what the diagnosis with Rudy is, but it if it's just a bone contusion, if it's strained anything, he's not going to be a hundred percent. It's going to take time, and. It's going to be rough. <laughs> like this is this is this is their rough stretch. And it's e- not a lot of silver linings with even December. with Rudy. Even with Rudy, this was a nightmarish stretch. Without Rudy, oh, it's, yeah. it's it like I, I tell you right now, a lot of these teams and their fans are looking at the Jazz and and already writing a W on uh, on this. Like this is a this is a really really difficult stretch, and it doesn't get any easier. Until after the All-Star break. And then at that point, we've probably made trades because the Jazz will kind of have decided what their end goal is. I mean, it's... I mean, I I don't know. I'm ready for to start wearing the Tank Commander hat during post-game shows. I I need to do a Rudy Gobert uh, Defensive Player of the Year video. (laughs) That's going to be interesting now. But uh, it's going. It's it's rough. Yeah, this <laughs> is this is this is a rough year, and and I totally agree with Jazz fans. I think when you have a coach like Quinn Snyder, he's not some guy who's just going to uh, just you know throw in the towel. When they were re- when they were in the, uh, the midst of the rebuild back in two thousand, uh, when they had traded Enes Cantor, and they were clear out of the playoffs, and then they made that run when they had Dante Exum starting, and they insert Dante Exum and, and Rudy Gobert. Like there was, mm-hmm. there was a scenario where they could have come back from out of nowhere and possibly got a playoff seed, and then you know they just kind of ran into trouble. You know, Rudy Gobert had his offensive limitations. Hayward was still mm-hmm. trying to figure out how to be the man. Didn't have a lot of depth. So once once their off the starting lineup left, everything went downhill really quick. So mm-hmm. so yeah, so they have. This team is really going to compete, and when you have the the third best defense in the league, you're gonna. We'll still be in some of these games. Yeah. Like we'll still be in some of them, but it they might be kind of painful games each time, where it's just like we're just not really able to get over the hump. 
that players just aren't really hitting shots. And we'll have a few, we might have a few surprise wins where Rodney gets hot and hits like seven for eight from three or something. And, and we get a surprise win in here and there, but for the most part, it's going to be pretty rough. It's not, yeah. And, and it's not going to be easy sailing. And, and, and I'm not saying this team is only going to win like 20 games. I think once guys are, you know, guys are healthy and back and, Maybe whatever happens at the trade deadline. After that trade deadline, they they, they have this home stretch again, where mm-hmm. and they're playing teams that are you know well within their talent range to really do some damage. And so, so I and and plus Donovan Mitchell is going to continue to get better. Like that's the crazy thing. Donovan Mitchell is going to continue to get better. So I think there might be a point at the end of December, beginning of January, where you're like, wow, we only have like 11, 12 wins. And, you know, we're, we're definitely in the driver's seat to, you know, one of the top three seeds in, in the, in, in the draft. And then the Jazz are going to turn it on in, in, in March and April and be like, oh, we're, maybe we're going to sneak our way into a playoff seed. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of just because you have a really great coach in Quinn Snyder. You have, mm-hmm. you have players like Rudy Gobert and Ricky Rubio. And Rodney Hood and Donovan Mitchell and, and and Derek Favors, who are 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 good players, and are and and play with and play play with pride. They're not players mm-hmm. who are you know this ain't this ain't the Sacramento Kings. This 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 isn't the Dallas Mavericks or, or anything like that. These are guys who um who know how to win, and and a lot of them are only one year away, uh, one one year less than one year removed from being in the playoffs in in the second you know in the second round or further depending on you know where they came from. It's it's still going to be a very interesting year. I'm my beloved Dante will be coming back post All Star break at some point, and that'll be interesting to see what Quinn does. Maybe they just let Dante roll and try to get that. Even if it's just seeing what we got with Dante and Donovan playing together, that's going to be a blast. Honestly, I. I was thinking about this and talking to the, about this to some other people, but the shame of the Dante injury was when they in, in put uh, Donovan Mitchell into the starting lineup. I wonder if that would have been the time they'd have put Dante in there as well. Uh, it would have been the perfect time to try it, but it wasn't to be. But I'm excited for Dante to come back. I am still so big on Dante, and I have a feeling when he comes back, he might open some things up for this team. Yeah. It's. It, I. I would say what's encouraging about Dante is he's spending a lot of time with the team. Still, he's still learning a lot. He's at, and he's he's developing a good rapport with the team. And man, I, it just makes me sad that that he's just not able to be be part of you know part of this squad because I, I I do think they'd be in a different place. And I think what's so if we're talking, so we've been gone. You know, we've been off off the air for about two weeks, and. You know, when last time we two weeks, we had, two weeks, yeah. And so last time we were on the air, we we're like, "Wow, this is a Ricky Rubio show." We have Ricky Rubio, the scorer. We have Ricky Rubio hitting threes, and then we went through two weeks, and we had the the like the crater to the mean with Ricky Rubio. And mm-hmm. I felt like against the Nets, we had the Ricky Rubio where it was somewhat in the middle, like the one that we we were expecting, the one who was getting nine points, eight assists, four rebounds, and a couple steals. Like that's, yeah. that's the Ricky, that's the Ricky that we want. And I think like a lot of those turnovers, some of them are not his fault because, and man, Ricky apologists on the site are going to love this. So, oh, so get ready. Ricky stands. 
So, so they weren't his fault. And 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 it and nothing nothing is Ricky's fault. <laughs> but they are, are, but they we weren't his, serious? They, nothing is his fault, Michael. <laughs> but but it, they weren't his fault because that offense had it had little spacing, and so you can't you can't put you know you can't put a ballerina in a in in, in a hoarder's house and ex, and expect something amazing to occur, and. Mm. And, and, and that's really like they've had no spacing. It's just been this hoarder's house of, of an offense where it's just like there's no, there's nowhere to go. And if you, if you have to get anywhere, you have to barrel through something to get to it. And that's been the, the Utah Jazz's offense. And so I think if anything else, Ricky, Ricky in the next, next few weeks without two bigs on the floor at the same time, we're going to be able to see him really start to, start to flourish. And and, yeah, it, and and his his talents are going to be better used right now, and swinging the ball to you know to the perimeter and 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 moving. And I just don't think, like so. And and this is Ricky lovers are going to hate me for this, but he hasn't shown the ability to throw the lob. And I'm not. <laughs> and, 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 Sorry, it's you just triggered them. They're yeah, triggered. Yeah, and right gonna now, be, and all, all of a sudden, like there's going to be like 80 comments, be like, "Here's a YouTube video of him throwing a lob right here." And I, I <laughs> back have, in 2008, I, yeah, November third, this I have, happened. I have cherry-picked evidence of him throwing lobs. And it's, well, and it's, he also walks off the screen like the Bigfoot video when it happens. So yeah. I'm not quite sure if these are doctored videos. Yeah, yeah. But, but but at the same time, it's really hard to throw a lob when you got five people in the paint. Like at that point, you're just it, you're just playing a game of five hundred and being like dead or alive, you know, throwing it up and hoping he can get it, and that's not. Well, I I will not fair. I will say like he seems like he's a better pocket passer with that bounce pass. I watch. I mean, I watch it and I watch it and I watch it and I have Ricky Stans telling me he's the greatest lob. I'm not kidding. They tell me he's the greatest lob thrower in the history of mankind, and I'm watching and they they don't happen and in the same games i'll watch joe ingles get a lob and a dunk with rudy gobert and so sometimes i i wonder if it will be interesting to see rubio play with with Derek because Derek does seem to be able to he's not he's more able to get those low bounce passes yeah. from rubio than than gobert is just because of his physical Size. makeup yeah it's, yeah it, like gobert is a big man and a pocket pass doesn't quite work the same way that yeah, way. you've got to pass and, it differently. And, 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 and the hard thing with Gobert too is he has really long arms, and so if you pocket pass, he has to bring those really long arms all the and way. And they're back very up. easy to get the ball stripped and yeah, and, and things and, like that. And, and he has a, that height advantage, but that height advantage is really negated when you put three guys and you're bumping him, bumping him down low, and out of position. So, so I, I think a when Rudy Gobert comes back from injury. I think I think at that point, hopefully, you a there's going to be a tough conversation that goes on because, and and there are people out there being like, no, no, like you, you, like you're going to still play both of them. No, you're not. You're not going to play both got a lineup with, that's consistently has a net rating of t- negative ten or negative eleven unless you're tanking willfully. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If you're saying he's not going to change it, you're saying that he's tanking like willfully tanking because that lineup is the, the lineups with donovan mitchell at that two position or rudy gobert uh, not rudy but rodney hood at the two position then you have the same four of joe ingles Derek favors gobert and and rubio they're literally the same and they have no spacing and they just get killed out there and and so if you're saying well they're not going to change anything basically you're saying like they know it's bad 
and they're going to continue to trot it out there when they know it's bad. We have years of evidence of them being on the court together where it's bad, so much so that the ghost of Boris Diaw and a 35-year-old Joe Johnson was trotted out instead of that. Yeah, Derek Favors was, was injured, but his injuries had nothing to do with it. And it had nothing to do with his talent and ability out there. It had everything to do with you weren't putting these guys in the best position to succeed. And you as a coach, it's your job to put players in a position to succeed. And when they're, when you have two big men who can't space the floor, and then you have a, and, and it, part of it's not their fault. You have a point guard out there who's, not a floor spacer whatsoever. And I don't care mm-hmm. if Ricky Rubio hits the next 100 shots in a row at three. People are still going to give him all the room in the world because because stats say he's he's not going to he's not going to improve to the level of, of shooter that's going to create gravity. Yeah, and and we'll we uh Quinn's trying to win games and credit to Quinn for being brave enough to put in uh Donovan Mitchell in the two spot and putting Rodney on the bench because I'm hurt. I'm sure he's hearing things from Rodney's agent telling him to do the opposite. Okay. Yeah. Whether and that, and that's, and that's the, whether what, they win or not. And that's what gives me hope for know. Derek favors too. Like you're, you already told one dude in a contract year, you're coming off the bench to a rookie. Mm-hmm. That's like, man, his agent was probably, probably flying off the, like, just like run into the phone to, to speed dial the jazz front mm-hmm. office. We heard that. And, Something's gonna and happen. And props to Quinn for props mm-hmm. to Quinn for not putting up with it. And and he's trying to like the thing is is Quinn didn't just change things and make Derek Favors a four and then bring in Epe Udo as the starting center because Quinn knows it doesn't work too. So any of you out there who who are coming at us and saying that the the two center lineup is a thing that is good, you're incorrect because Quinn doesn't think it works either. That's why otherwise he would have put Epe Udo in as a center, guys. Yeah. That's why he started. Tabo Cephalosha. I just tells, had to get that out there. That tells me people he was were a coming lot at us. Yeah, people were coming at you, Michael, <laughs> and it was it was frustrating. And they're incorrect, and they need to understand that if this was a thing that was an, a working good thing, Epe Yuta would have started, and he didn't because Quinn knows. Yeah, he would have been he would have been starting, and then you would have you know been running some 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 other other lineup of uh, you know maybe bringing Tony Bradley in or something. The fact that Tony yeah, Bradley exactly. didn't, didn't get any minutes tell you know that that tells you all in the world of what you know Quinn thinks about this two big lineup and, yeah. and and then also Bradley not being ready for the big time mostly the second but you know partly at first too so you have so I I think with with Utah moving forward like there's been the, some interesting developments I think Donovan basically being the reincarnation of Daryl Griffith like the more you look at these players it's just like wow it's like Daryl Griffith and in in the three point era, first. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, oh, he's he's phenomenal. So he's I'm I'm all in on giving Donovan Mitchell every shot he wants because honestly, it opens up the offense for other players. Because when when Rodney was starting, they know they don't have to guard him that hard because he's going to miss the shot. With Donovan, they know they have to guard him, and as Donovan kind of develops and improves and and finds out, you know, and. Any shot Donovan takes, I'm good with. But as he learns which shots are better than just okay shots, he'll learn to pass and he'll open things up. And and we saw I, starting Tabo Cephalosha with Derek Favors helped out Donovan Mitchell. It's not a coincidence that with that spacing, Donovan Mitchell all of a sudden shoots scores 26 points. It's not a coincidence. It's when when Donovan Mitchell's trying to drive the hoop and he's got Rudy Gobert and Derek Favors and the guys guarding those two in the lane. I mean. 
I don't know what people are expecting besides a free throw line floater. I, oh, I don't like. Yeah, and, and, I don't, and what I what I absolutely love too is so with the spacing, he was able to really stop and start on that pick and roll. He, he was able to make it a two man game instead mm-hmm. of everybody else who's in the paint. And well, and I don't care if you're LeBron James. If there's four big men in the in the paint, you're not getting to the rim. It's yeah. just not happening. And, and 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 so what was so nice is he was he was doing a lot of Euro steps against Brooklyn. I, what's crazy about Donovan is like every single game, like he might have a bad game, but he's he's not repeating mistakes. Uh, there there are shots that he takes. Uh, he I mean he's he's a rookie. Like he's going to take bad yeah. shots. Like it's going to happen because. Uh, and, and and it's not because he's like, oh, he's not learning. Like the game's going super fast and and a good shot last year when he would have been able to come off a screen and he has all the room in the world, like dudes are able to re- recover a lot faster in the NBA. Even though like I, I, I tell this story all the time, but I it, it, it bears repeating. The first time I went to the NBA draft combine and you're watching all of these and and People would refer to them as scrubs, you know, the guys who are not going to get drafted, the guys who are going in the late second round who are going to end up in, in, in Europe or China or wherever they land. Like those dudes are so good. They are mm-hmm. so good. The people who barely miss out on the NBA are insanely talented, insanely quick, so good. Jimmer at dropped 50, 54 in China yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And Jimmer can't make the NBA. Yeah, it, they're so good. And uh, oh, also, if you're gonna bring up Jimmer, no, dudes, we're not getting Jimmer. Okay. Oh, whoops. We're done. That's, Sorry. That's all uh, well, we need to say. Fred. That's all we need to say. Yeah, it's let's just nix like, that right now. Like, guys. if you say, "Well, what about D- Jimmer?" My response is gonna be, "Dude, it's Jimmer," every single time. <laughs> like, it's I, 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 guys. I don't have to worry about it. And if you're like, "Well, look at Epe Udo," yeah, he plays defense. That's why he's back. So he's also seven foot. So. Yeah, he's also seven feet, and he protects the rim, kind of a, ne- a necessary skill. And you're like, well, what about offense? Yeah, well, you know, there's a lot of ways you can get offense and no defense in the NBA, and you don't need Jimmer for it. Mm-hmm. So, the but back to the whole thing with um, I lost my train of thought. You you, you ruined me with Jimmer. Sorry, Jimmer just ruins every conversation and reddit or slc dunk threat he just, so, he just breaks he, he breaks the flow of the offense see <laughs> and podcast he just he just he just breaks play well, you were just you were talking about uh how how good the players are that aren't even in the yeah, NBA. They're not, yeah they're just so good and so donovan mitchell when you're like that's a bad shot he was well covered well in his it, it like just a few months ago he was getting that shot so that's a rough transition to make when and and so the game is going to slow down, be, and, and it's not even necessary to slow down. It's just like he's going to realize, yeah, you don't get that anymore, and so he doesn't mm-hmm. take it. And and he's already, like, game after game, like last night, I like, beginning of the season on the pick and roll, it was like he was coming off that pick and roll, and he was diving. He was he was diving to the hoop. Just diving into the big and, yeah, and getting and just, blocked? Yeah, or... and just going for it. Now he's he's changing speeds, and he's really playing – he 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 like last night when he was running those pick and rolls with Derek Favors or 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 mm-hmm. Tavo, it was like he was really playing the two man game and and uh, Tony Jones he, he retweeted something they're like it reminds me of Dwayne Wade and I was like oh he there's moments where he looks like Dwayne Wade and there's moments when he looks like Damian Lillard 
You know, he's got a little bit of uh, Mike Conley to him, too. If mm-hmm. if that floater game he has can work out, that's a little bit of Mike Conley's game with that little free yeah. throw line floater. I mean, he's got a lot of things to be excited about. Not, I mean, if like, if he was 6'6", he'd have been the number one pick in the draft. Yeah, it, but, like there's – and the reason he dropped was he was undersized. He was undersized for a shooting yeah. guard. Um, but you look at him now, and he's going to be one of those players where you're like, he really overcomes his size with his length. He, pl- you know, he he's a and and he's he's lightning quick. He's such he gets a good, around every pick. He's a really Holy good smokes. defender, and that's what that's what, I think that's where the comparisons of Dwayne Wade are, and also the Euro steps that he makes is is that he's just a dog on the defensive end, and that was one that a lot of people talk about Dwayne Wade and you know being an offensive monster, but Dwayne Wade, I mean, he was he was a, he was an a shooting guard who was blocking people. There were games where, like, he was in the top five in blocks one year as a, a, a Which shooting is in, guard. Which is insane. And Dwayne so, Wade was otherworldly. He was so good. He would, yeah. And so being compared to Dwayne Wade is a huge compliment. And Donovan Mitchell, like, he's got the skills that, like, there are players who are good in the NBA who are constantly, like, when people have to justify how good they are, they compare them to some, a contemporary in the league. They're like, oh, yeah, he's like a such so-and-so light. Like, you know, yeah. Bledsoe gets that. Eric Bledsoe. Where you're like, yeah, he's like a he's like a, 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 a mini Braun or, you know, at the point guard position, you know, to justify. Mm-hmm. But Donovan Mitchell, he's like he's going to be a guy where you're just like, oh, dude. like in a couple years, people are going to be like, oh, he's got a little Donovan Mitchell to his game. Like that's how mm-hmm. that like that's how what is fun and what's that we're getting to watch before our eyes with all this doom and gloom with Rudy Gobert. What's really going to be fun is the offense is going to open up and that's really going to let Donovan Mitchell just sing. And well, and let's let's let him win the Rookie of the Year and get some notoriety yeah. to, to this team. Mm-hmm. I mean, he very well might be third place in Rookie of the Year voting behind Ben Simmons and and Jason Tatum. Like he's honestly been that good. I like this rookie Lonzo class Ball hasn't so been good. This rookie class it's incredible. is just insane. And the fact that Donovan is up there and and with a more open offense, so that's kind of what's going to happen in the next month or so is the offense is going to actually probably get better because just because the spacing will be there and players will be able to operate a little more and the pick and roll will actually get more effective and Donovan will get room and and then that's the kind of a a fun thing about it. We'll probably be losing a lot of games, but it, we'll at least get to watch a lot of 20 plus point games from Donovan Mitchell. And that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm excited and, to watch it. And with Gobert Even out, if we lose, who cares? And with Gobert out, a lot of that, a lot of that responsibility to lead. And, and, and I don't mean late, like lead in the locker room. Like he's the guys being like, Hey guys, we got to do this. But Rudy Gobert talks a lot on defense and he, he holds people accountable on defense. And with him out of the lineup, that 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 is vacated and Derek Favors he's 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 vocal but he's not like Rudy Gobert get in your face like you got to cover your man vocal and and so you know could Donovan feel that I'm not sure but the you know the the vacancy is there but I think mm-hmm. what what is special is that he's going to be able to go out there and you know at points he's going to be he's going to be the guy to, to uh to you know to to really lead them on offense and get and get buckets, and well, I, and there's it's, an it's, opportunity. Oh, go ahead. There's an opportunity these next couple of weeks, well, these next four weeks that, hey, he's going to have an opportunity to like if the Jazz like are surprising in these next few weeks, it's going to be because Donovan Mitchell is learning on an exponential level. 
and and oh, and he's just phenomenal. And he could. He's so good. He could. Well, and he's in a perfect, perfect situation because he now gets to start. He gets to be on a team that's not going to be. It's going to be bad to average somewhere in there, and. And but at the same time, he gets to play with a lot of veteran players. He gets to play with like a Tabo Cephalosha who teaches players a lot and shows him kind of the right way to play the game. Tabo, there's a reason Tabo has like the best plus minus on this team, mm-hmm. and he's gonna he, Donovan's gonna play with Tabo and learn those things. He gets to play with Derek Favors, who's a seven year veteran now. Uh, Rudy, Ricky Rubio has been one that's that Donovan has mentioned has helped him out. So it's it, it's kind of this perfect situation to. To develop Donovan, and it's too bad that Don, Dante wasn't there to get that same kind of um, teaching. But on, on at least job. he's with the team. Yeah, he's he's yeah. there. He's able to learn at least. He's able to learn, be with them, and and I mean, even if you're only watching film with these guys, you're watching film with some of the best defensive players in the league. And Ricky Rubio is one of the best defensive players in the league. He is great. That that's one thing. His shooting has been off for the last four or five games but man he has been a thief he like two three steals a game mm-hmm. and last game against brooklyn i think he i don't know how many he had i think he had at least three it was i mean he was just crazy good on defense so that's one thing too is ricky rubio at the very least he's giving you great defense and he's a big part of why we're still a number three defensive team in the league yeah yeah that's that i think that's a big thing for 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 ricky is that he's he's even when the offense isn't going, he's still a dog on the defensive end, and that's that's. Uh, if anything else, if with with this kind of, it, and you kind of said something that I didn't even think about is like this team is really built for developing these young players and and showing them just true professionalism. You have a lot of veterans around here, and and. Uh, when I think about like Paul Millsap when he was when he was getting better as a player, he was surrounded by. You know these these veterans like Carlos Boozer, Mehmet Okur, and and um, and Andre Karolinko, who were just really just true professionals, mm-hmm. and and so he was able to you know Paul Millsap was already a hard worker, but then he's surrounded by these hard workers, and 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 that really went into his development. Same with Darren Williams, you know, around these players who have been around, you know, Andre Karolinko. You know, saw saw the work that Carl Malone and John Stockton put in, and and so now you look now you now you move forward in this and and you have Donovan Mitchell who's a, around these really good defensive players, and not just they're not just above average. These are some of the league's most elite defensive players at at the perimeter, and you're able to be be around them. And not and and also mm-hmm. be in Utah. Utah has a really good developmental system. Like for we do, it, it, that's one of the Utah strengths. Like if things were to really go sideways, and you're like, man, we have to really blow this up, and we have to start all over. And it's going to be a three to four re- year rebuild. At least you have the you 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 can at least feel safe knowing that you have a really good you have a really good identifier of talent with Dennis Lindsay, who's being able to find players like Rudy Gobert. He's been able to find Donovan Mitchell. He's been able to, he, he, and you have, and Rodney Hood, like Rodney Hood, like when people are like, Rodney Hood hasn't, like, at his draft position, Rodney Hood is well above uh, mm-hmm. what, what his dra- draft position normally does. Yeah, you're going to have a few misses, like Trey Lyles, like, that's the thing, like, any any scout is going to going to say it's a crapshoot because you have to really be, 
uh, like your reliance on the work, work uh, you know, the how hard the player works and adjust to the NBA. And guess what? You're drafting teenagers, so that kind of goes into it. It's a gamble with a lot of players. Yeah, it is. Like Giannis, Giannis was a gamble, and it paid off exponentially. But for every Giannis, there's like ten Bruno Calbaclos and stuff like that. Yeah, so. who, who the Raptors drafted in in the first round and is still with the nine with the nine oh five. So yeah, nine oh five is a G League team. If anybody knows nine oh five Raptors <laughs> G League, um, it, it, I'm not like referencing like. Like, you know, like some, like, rap group or, or uh, a club in Toronto. <laughs> You're like, wow, he's really having an illustrious DJ career. So, uh, so th- that's, that's the, that's the, the, the big thing with. Um, well, and that's why, that's why with, if the Jazz them. do take, well, that's why if the Jazz do tank, I'm perfectly fine with that because I know that if, if the Jazz got, crazy lucky and somehow won the lottery and were able to to pick up like a Luka Doncic or a Bagley or or Michael Porter I know that they're going to become their best selves with this jazz training staff because the jazz if you're not if you're not a hard worker or if you're not going to develop with the jazz most likely you're not going to develop anywhere yeah because you know you know that jazz are going to do a good job now the Lakers on the other hand I don't know if they could develop a anything like a seedling to a to a flower with that development squad it just feels like however you are entering the league with the lakers you that's how you leave the lakers and and they haven't shown that one of the best pieces to utah um the utah's front office well their coaching staff is johnny bryant like Mm -hmm. every player credits johnny bryant and and that's like and and what's scaring me is the secret starting to get out when people are like, oh, Johnny Bryant. But Johnny Bryant was the key. And it's like, oh, oh he worked with Johnny Bryant. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, man, I really hope no one – like he doesn't get pride from Utah. Like whatever that Maybe man Maybe that's asks, what our new T-shirt should be. Our new T-shirt should be trained by Johnny Bryant. Yeah, trained by Johnny Bryant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like he's good. He's like – he's he's really good. And um, – and now you know he's putting in minutes with Donovan Mitchell and 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 these and and then Tony Bradley's getting into the de, you know de, developmental side of things for Utah. So if things were to really go sideways with Utah, you can know that hey, you have a you have a a GM who's not willing who who's not willing to wait as things go sideways and will make moves in the draft and in the off season to make sure things work. You have you have a good coaching staff that knows how to get good how to raise up these uh these young players and and what's sad is Dante Exum started to look like the development was kicking in like it oh he looked so so good yeah it just and, and so that's why I'm excited for him to come back because I want to just see him play yeah and I think with with Ricky Rubio's up and down play I think that Dante definitely has a chance to have a good month or two to show us what he is and give the chance jazz chance to to find out what they got yeah so it's you know we're, we're kind of winding down on, on on today's podcast but i i think you know with rudy gobert there's there's not a lot of a lot of silver linings when a defensive player of the year candidate goes down for an injury for a month and a half that's mm-hmm. that's just the long and short of it but this might allow utah to see okay you know how can we get spacing give them some time to see Tabo at the four, especially if Joe Johnson is just 
having trouble getting back to Joe Johnson. You're able to give Donovan Mitchell and Rodney Rodney Hood some more more burn, and and really have them shoulder more of that responsibility. And then you have Ricky, who's able to work with more spacing and 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 allow him to be Ricky. So uh, it, it, at least at least the offense is going to be a lot more fun to watch. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be more watchable basketball. Honestly, it's it's gonna be fun. And if they w- lose a lot of games, we don't have to be so heartbroken about it because maybe that leads to a better draft pick, which I would love to get. But we'll see. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, hey, it's been great, Dunkers. So as always, follow us on Twitter or uh, SLC Dunk. Follow us on Facebook, SLC Dunk, and on Instagram at SLC Dunk. Uh, Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud, and then check out the site. Hit up SLCDunk.com. We have all of our reaction to uh, to uh, Rudy Gobert's injury and where the Jazz go from here. Uh, tomorrow, uh, tomorrow, right? Minnesota, uh, Utah Jazz face off about uh, to Minnesota, and we'll have we'll have your uh, preview and and game thread. Hit up the game thread; they're all, always good for some some awesome overreactions. And uh, and you guys have a good one this week. Talk to you later. Hey, peace, guys. <laughs>